Welcome back to the Bench Press Podcast. Today we got episode 12, baby. As always, the founding fathers are in the studio. We got myself, Bennett Snyder. We got Wesley Statman Minky over to my right. Come on. We got Cameron Robertson Crob across from me. How we doing? And we've got producer Timmy to my left. What up, boys? Now listen, I know we've already apologized once, but we're just going to do it again because we're nice guys. We sure are. We're nice guys. We dropped the ball last week. Only one episode out. But our real listeners know we're making up for it this week. We're bringing Ross Paris on the show today. Bench press athlete, tight end at Dartmouth College. We got that right. College. College. Crop, speaking of our show, who's it presented by? It's presented by our good buddy Max Myers Foundation, Max's Meals. Bench press athlete Max Meyer runs a great cause. Max's Meals, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And Crop, if you haven't checked it out yet, what are you doing? What are you doing? So, Ross Parrish can't join us till later, so we're going to flip-flop our episode today. Normal Wednesday stuff, we're going to be recapping NFL and college football, but we're going to start with the NFL today. Work for everyone? Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. got me a little bit backwards, but hey, I'm cool with it. Sometimes that's what we got to do for a great friend hey, like Ross Parrish. Flip the script, man. That's what we got to do Big for Big time Ross friend like Ross Parrish. That's what we got to do. Hey, before we start going, speaking of Ross Parrish... Mm. His mom can make some damn good cookies. Wow. The greatest cookies I on planet Earth. I didn't even think about Let's that, but it's wow. Let's clap it up for Mrs. Parrish's cookies. They don't get the love they deserve. Delightful. Now, what, Wes Mickey, what time did you get back on Sunday? Uh, I believe I arrived around 6.30ish, and there was one cookie left on a plate for me. And, and the Ms. fact Parrish, that there was one cookie left insane. was generous. It was. Those cookies were insane. Because let me tell you, we were not planning to leave one. We were planning to have plenty to eat the rest of the night. But I guess just throughout NFL Sunday... I mean, we got Someone eaten. got the munchies. We got eaten. I mean, good God, were those cookies fantastic. Speaking of eating, let's clap it up for us real quick before we get going. Hypothetically, we all had payouts from hypothetical gambling this week. First time all season. What a hypothetical week. We are winners. Hypothetically. Hypothetically, of course. Hypothetically, we had a great weekend and made a little extra dough, hypothetically. So, hypothetically. let's get right into it. Whenever we start our NFL talk, it's always with overreactions. Mm-hmm. Does anyone want to start? I would be honored to start. Oh, wow. Let's get rolling, Tim. Overreaction after week six. TJ Watt is the best player in the National Football League. Wow. Oh, boy. It's interesting. Seven sacks through five games, three forced fumbles. He had two plays that were so clutch in overtime, sealed the game for the Steelers. If, if he's not the best player... He's in the top three. It's really close. Listen, I'm not going to disagree, Tim. He's obviously up there. It hates, I hate to say that as a Bengals fan, but he's, he's wrecked havoc on us his whole career. And listen, it's always hard to give the best player in the NFL to a defensive end. And if I was going to do that, I would still go Aaron Donald. I'm I sorry. Well, he's well. a defensive tackle. but Same thing. Defensive lineman, I'll say. I'm still going to go Aaron Donald. Do I think the gap's closing between TJ Watt and Aaron oh, Donald? Yeah. I do. I do. So I'm not ready to say it yet. Anyone else? Any thoughts on this? I, I'll say I agree uh, to what Bennett said. I think it's the, the gap <laughs> get, is the get gap fucking is, teased. The bitch. gap is closing. <laughs> the gap is closing for sure. But I agree. Aaron Donald is the best player in the world, and I don't think it's particularly close right now. But I think it will be. Crop anything? Sam? Wouldn't say T.J. Watt's best player in the NFL, but he's goddamn important. I mean, this Steelers team only will go as far as this defense takes them, and it took him to a win on Sunday night. I'll tell you that. Crop, let's stick with you. Give me your overreaction after Week Six. You know, my overreaction is going to deal with Monday Night Football. Uh, those Tennessee Titans down there in Nashville, 
They're going to get a top two seed in the AFC when it comes to playoff time. Just think about it, all right? Oh, Lordy. Somehow, the Titans, I don't think until last night, had played a good game of football. And they were three and two. Now they're four and two. They beat, in my opinion, the best team in the NFL. They did so by attacking their biggest strength, which is their rushing defense. And Derrick Henry ran all over it. AJ Brown finally looked like himself last night. Julio gets hurt again, but good lord, when he gets healthy, is that a duo that you're afraid of? Tannehill still doesn't put it together, and they're four and two. Just think about when this team puts it together. They play in a sorry ass conference. The AFC North is going to beat you mean up. Sorry, ass division. That's what I meant. Sorry, okay. sorry, ass division. The AFC North is going to beat up on one another. Like, think about it. The Browns are three and three. The Bengals are four and two. The Ravens are five and one. They all still play each other twice. They like those three teams have yet to play each other until this upcoming week, but they're going to beat up on each other. The, I mean, the Bills are going to just go six and zero oh in the AFC East. Like, it doesn't even matter. True. And then when it comes to the um, the AFC West, I mean, it seems like we have. It's now the up chart, for grabs. Who knows over in the AFC West? But mm-hmm. it's very, very possible in my in my eyes that the Titans can get maybe not number one because I still think the Bills are the best team in football, but the number two seed in the AFC is not that far off. I've been hurt by the Titans in the past, as we all have. They have a loss to the fucking Jets. Let's not forget that. I don't know if I'm ready to say that a team that has a loss to the Jets is going to be the number two seed in their conference, and I'm going to say two things you touched on one already. Ryan Tannehill is not playing like himself. Or at least he's playing like he did when he was on the Miami Dolphins. Let's just put it that way. Number two, they don't have a kicker. I get Fat Randy played fine last night, but I can't stress how important this is. I've watched the Bengals get fucked over by it in the past, and it's also why I've always been jealous of the Ravens. A great kicker goes so far in this football league. That's not how it's right. That's see, yeah, that's a football but, but Fat Randy is not a good kicker. Oh, trust me, I know how bad Fat Randy is. But I will say, not to get into you know the games that happened this weekend, but one team showed us you can pick a damn kicker up off the street and it can win you a football game. Okay, Titans well, might as well be able to do that. Let's get rolling, Tim, real quick on this. This team's only going to go as far as Derrick Henry can take him. I and, think you meant Daddy. Uh, yeah, and I mean Henry thing is possible, and. This offense makes one of the greatest receivers of all time look like a chump. So I don't know how a number two seed comes if Julio Jones doesn't put it together. Gotta get Julio involved. Wes, anything on this one? I I gotta be honest, guys. I watched Ryan Tannehill play for many years, and I think that last year he overachieved. I think we're seeing the real Ryan Tannehill right now in Tennessee, and I don't think it's impressing a lot of people. And I thought he kind of got a little too much credit last year for being in a great offense. With a great scheme, they lose Arthur Smith, and suddenly that offense doesn't look as terrifying anymore. That's a good point about Arthur Smith. Wes, let's stick with you, your overreaction after this week. My overreaction is that the Cleveland Browns missed the playoffs, and I think this defense is getting exposed, and this run game hurt. We're going to see this week how good the offense can be when its running game is not there with no Chubb or Hunt. I don't know. Baker doesn't look like he's the quarterback that can lead this team anymore. And I don't know if that was a one-year thing, like I said earlier with the Titans, but it might have been a one-year thing. Let's be real. Baker's playing with a torn labrum. That left shoulder right. shot. He is. I mean, props to him for being tough and trying to play it out, but it's almost like, do you rest the guy? Because a torn labrum's not going to heal. It is torn. It's, it's torn. It's not <laughs> going to get any better. It. So do you keep playing a guy who is on the brink of really being shut down all year, or do you try and play a guy like Case Keenum, or do you even try and go get after a quarterback because you think you can get after it this year i'm gonna agree this team is hurt this team is hurt all over the board owuso karamoa and kareem hunt on ir today 
I feel bad for him because it feels a lot like what happened to the Bengals last year, even though the, I don't think the Bengals were contenders at all by any means last year. But their team got hurt, and we saw the price it paid. <coughs> I just feel bad because the, the Cleveland Browns. I mean, let's the, the Browns coffee over there. Let's get the Browns it. fans. The, everyone was buying in. Like this year was the year. This is the year they are Super Bowl contenders. And to be, they're three and three, right? Yes. Three and three through six weeks, and they haven't played a crazy right, difficult they've, schedule. They played a hard schedule, but they haven't played like unwinnable games, right? Well, I don't think any game in the NFL is unwinnable. I think the Jaguars proved that to us this week. And well, same with the Jets. The Jaguars the are better team. Yeah, the only Jets. team that the um, Browns haven't played that's 500 or over is the Texans. Yeah, and they took care of business. There. Yeah, every other team is at least 3-3, three and three, let's which get is into, their record. Let's get into mine real quick because we've got to get rolling. I don't even want to talk about this for a lot because I think it's a bit of a stretch, but I'm ready to say that Jamar Chase is a top 10 receiver in the NFL this year he's averaging over 20 yards a catch the connection with joe burrow is so there it's magical he's seeing the white stripes on the football fine and i'm damn happy he is a cincinnati Bengal. it if defenses were gonna figure him out i feel like they would have figured him out already it's through six weeks like he's been on he's got five weeks of tape on him six weeks of tape now if they were gonna figure him out they would have figured him out i'm actually gonna agree with you here i think that he is a damn good receiver and he might be a top three just deep threat in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, the kid's averaging 20 and a half yards per catch. That's unreal. Second in the league. Unreal. Wes, any thoughts on this one? I'm not ready to say top 10, but I agree. I think he is a really good receiver. I think he's close to being a crowd stare word elite. Um, I think he's very good. He has a lot of potential, and him and Joe have that connection, like you said. So it's a dangerous combo. Let's get rolling right into recap then. I don't want to focus on my self-pity for too much for too long but the Buccaneers won 20 to 22 on Thursday night football now some of you may be wondering why are you sad Bennett hypothetically I may have laid down a bet that would have won me upwards of $90 for the Buccaneers to win between 7 and 12 points for all of our for all of, blah, blah, for all of our listeners who do not know what happened in that game for some fucking reason the Eagles scored a touchdown late and thought, you know what? Let's go for two. Let's go for two and make it a six-point game. What's the two worst field thing? goals, right? But there was like five minutes left in the game. There was absolutely no point for them to go for two. There was no point. And I want to say something else. The spread was six and a half. Them going for two covered the spread. I don't want to say that Sirianni rigged it, but I'm not saying that he didn't. Tim? They didn't even onside it after they went for two. No, it was for them deep, maybe. They, if you onside after you go for two, I'd be like, all right, that's fair. You're trying to win the football. You weren't even trying to win the game. You weren't. I just don't understand that decision at all. It made no logical sense. Sirianni and Hurts seem to be on a completely different page. They don't seem to be having the best relationship. Hurts carries the ball way too much. It, I don't know what is going on in Philadelphia. I'm, I'm going to take a stat real quick from Wes. I don't even know if he had it. Miles Sanders had one carry at halftime. Like Stop. Sirianni's typical game script. Like, he doesn't give his good running back to football. Like, what is that? I don't even care if people don't think Miles Sanders is that good. I don't even think he's that good. But, I mean, get Starting him running back. Get <laughs> him the fucking football more than one time. I mean, it wasn't even yeah. like they were getting killed in the first half. It was a close game. Yeah. Close game. Anyone else thoughts on this, Crab Wes? You know, I'm not even going to talk about the Eagles, but uh, Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown seem to be playing like they used to, and it makes the Buccaneers absolutely terrifying. Happy for Lenny. Wes, anything on this? I mean, Brady's 9-1 on NFL Network since 2012. A beautiful stat. Yeah. He said that one on, like, Friday. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Brady's just good, though. He he finds ways to win. Even when he games it 
aren't blowouts like we expect them to be. Like, we all expect this game to be somewhat of a blowout. We thought the Buccaneers were going to run away with it. They didn't, but like Brady finds a way to win. And like late in that game, game management, the, the Buccaneers are on like the seven yard line with a minute and or no two minutes left in the game. They could easily punch it in and really run the score, make it look a lot better than it was. And Brady kneels it down. Like he's a professional. Like he knows what he's doing. Run the clock out, win the game. Like that's just Brady being Brady. Once again, excruciating. It was there. excruciating. Before we move on from this game, Max Meyer, Jalen Hurts is a fraud. Such a fraud. I don't care if he does well in fantasy. Eagles stink. Eagles stink. Jalen Hurts stink. Eagles stink. Everything about them stinks. Once again, we had some Sunday morning football. And you know what's even better? Wes's Miami Dolphins were in action against the worst team in the NFL. Some, some would saying. say that's a primetime matchup. Some would say it, it was, was primetime. Prime Listen. Uh, Tease oh. and peace. Before we before we let Wes take over here, I'm I, not gonna talk about this game. I already said that. I'll talk about it. Then you I guess go we're ahead. gonna have to take over. You can go ahead. Tua Tungavailo did not look terrible. I'm not gonna sit here and say he looked great. He didn't look terrible though. Sure, he made his mistakes. The interception didn't look great, but I'm happy they got Waddle the football. Once again, though, my thing with Waddle has always and my thing with Tua, I guess. Waddle was brought in to be a deep threat, was he not? St- he was. Stretch the field, get him the football. 11 catches for 70 yards is not him stretching the field at all. That'd be less than seven yards per catch, Bennett. That's that's like Bennett Snyder's senior year numbers. PPR guy, sure. But, I mean, I saw, Wes, you don't have to talk about it too much, but I saw Tua take a shot to Waddle during the game. I think it was towards the end of the first half. It was. Straight into double coverage. Like, it wasn't even close to being completed. Just chucked it up deep to Waddle, double coverage, nothing happened. So I'm not going to blame it all on Tua because, like we've mentioned before, this system that the Miami Dolphins are running is not working. Not working at all. Crob, Tim? They only had 77 rushing yards as a team, only 20 carries. I mean, that's not going to get it done. You're not helping support your young quarterback. You're not – Already by your scheme, you're not supporting him. You're also not supporting him by giving him any run game. The O-line is terrible. I, I'll, I'll make a quick point. Uh, since you brought that up, I'll make a quick point. We just kept testing him to see no, if no, he was no, actually... No, no, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about deep. I just want to talk. I, no, I just want to talk about the Waddle thing. I think the reason is why he doesn't take deep shots because his internal clock is so low because that offensive line is not trustable. He, de- he can't take deep shots because he doesn't have the time to sit in the pocket to do it. But, so carry on. I'll say this. I mean, even Joe Burrow shows this. Not every single one of Joe Burrow's deep shots is in the pocket. If you don't have time in the pocket, fucking write a game strip script and get your quarterback outside the pocket. Tua is mobile, but I'll even point this play out. Fourth and two. He's scrambling. No one in front of him. No one in front of him. He could easily run and pick up the first down. He doesn't do it. I think it's still because he's scared to run the football. I, I'm, and I'm not knocking him by saying that. I just think that hip injury was really serious. And I'm not sure he's ready to get hit yet. Krob? Um, I only have one thing to say about this game, and it's an apology to my friend Wes Minkie sitting to the left of me. I might have been the jinx for the Dolphins. I'll be transparent with the listeners at home. My ass was not awake for this game. <laughs> I set an alarm, the alarm went off, and I thought to myself, do I want to turn this football game on? And I said no. But when I did turn the football game on, the Jaguars hooked in a 54-yard field goal to tie the game. Then on the next possession... The Dolphins got stuffed on fourth and one. And then they covered the boundaries so damn well that the Jaguars were able to kick a game-winning field goal. That's the only part of the football game that I watched. 
fantastic play call. Whoever called that couldn't couldn't tell you who the Jaguars OC is. Schottenheimer. Let's clap it up for Schottenheimer. Ballsy call there. Needed seven yards for a first down with eight seconds left on the clock. Six. What even worse for the Dolphins? Shout honestly. out Lavisca Chenault for getting his knee down as yeah. quick as possible. Huge, huge. And a shout out to Urban for being able to yell timeout. He did something right for the first time in a while. Good for Urban. Good for Urban. Some would say this could set him back on the right path. Let's hope. Let's hope he. Let's hope. Let's hope with that little extra time he had on that Sunday. Let's hope he went to church. He needs. Well, it. they probably got right back on the plane. But well, you never know. Maybe he streamed. I it. don't know. Last time he kind of stayed when they were at an away game, but. <sighs> Hey, there's no grandkids in London, Tim. There's no grandkids in London. All right, let's get going to a couple games a little quicker like we did. Huh? All right. All right. All right, Tim. We're going to get going a little bit quicker like we did on Thursday's episode with some of these recaps. So I'm going to start with going to Krob. Krob, give me one thing you want to talk about this Colts win over the Texans 31-3. Anything noticeable? Uh, Jonathan Taylor is that guy. He has looked good. It's looked really, really good in a year that everyone thought he was sort of going to be down. He had 14 carries for 145 yards and two touchdowns. And, I mean, it's you almost expect it from the Texans, but it was two weeks in a row because he did it to the Ravens the week before. Exactly. And he's been doing well enough to the point where Marlon Mack is forcing his way out of there with the trade. The Colts might not be dead just yet. They might not be. And, listen, props to the Colts organization because it sounds like they're going to grant Marlon Mack with a trade eventually. They respect him enough. Clap it up for the Colts. Ultimate good guys. Ultimate good guys. Wes, I'm going over to you because I know your father, big fan of this team. The Rams made the Giants look like a JV team on Sunday. 31 or 38 to 11 win. What do we want to talk about from this one? I mean, honestly, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, I mean, you can talk about Cooper Cup looking great again. Matt Stafford looking great again. This defense looking great again. But I feel like I want to touch more on the Giants. Like, the, how bad they look with no Saquon on the offense. And the offense is already bad enough, but you take literally the one focal piece that they can, or one focal point that the like the entire offense uses basically is either a, a decoy or actually use him. Take it out, and this offense is non-existent. Like they could not move the ball at all, and that's not even trying to be a shot on like Daniel Jones or Sterling Shepard, like any of those guys. They can't move the ball without Saquon Barkley, and that's scary for any Giants fan or if you're a Saquon Barkley fantasy owner like without him in the lineup that the production of anybody else in that Giants offense is horrible I'm gonna be completely honest their offense still sucks with Saquon it's not great but it at least can move the ball a little bit they don't even know how to get him the football they don't they don't know how to block for him I feel like that's gotta be a uh, Joe Judge fault though. and I'm ready to say this too Kadarius Tony is the second best receiver out of this rookie class only behind Jamar Chase. Kid's good. Kid mm. runs routes like no other. Yeah. Not he, even the routes necessarily. He is shifty like no other. It's yeah. not. He doesn't even have to run a perfect route. He's just so quick on his cuts and everything that people just can't uh, stick with You can them. get him the ball in so many different ways, which is kind of how Florida used him. And now the Giants are using him like that. Unfortunately, got hurt. But, I mean, he is a dude. And if you give him an inch of space, you might get juked out of your shoes. And, I mean, like Tim just said, gets hurt. First drive of the game, he had three <coughs> catches for 37 yards. On, on three that, targets. On that third catch, goes down with an ankle injury that he re-aggravated, I believe is what the Giants said. So, hopefully he can get back on the field next week. Doubtful. Oh, doubtful He's doubtful already. for week seven. That sucks. Tim, coming over to you here, fellow AFC North team, the Baltimore Ravens. 
rival of your Steelers. I guess the Steelers have a lot of rivals because everyone fucking hates them. They do. But the Ravens just destroyed the Chargers this week. 34-6 to home win. What do you got to say about this one, Tim? I think the most important thing is that the Ravens destroyed the Chargers and Lamar had probably his worst game of the season. If they can find ways to beat teams as good as the Chargers with Lamar throwing two picks and not even being their leading rusher, pretty damn good. I mean, Lev Bell, Devontae yeah. Freeman. Yeah, how does that feel as a Latavius Murray? Steelers fan watching Lev Bell score a touchdown. It hurts. I mean, him wearing number 17 is fucking wild. But, I mean, good for him. Good for him. Happy for him. Yeah, I am happy for him. He <laughs> might have for, for, forced his way sad, out of Pittsburgh. Man. But that's all right. I think that the Chargers have a lot to look at after this game. Like, Herbert played his worst game of the year. Keenan Allen was not involved. Eckler wasn't great. They really didn't find anything. It's kind of surprising at halftime, nothing, no adjustments made, it seemed like. No, they got shut out in the second half. Yeah, they got blanked. For a guy who said the Chargers were going to make the Super Bowl last week, not feeling great. No, but honestly, (laughs) I'm going to say that this was more of a reality check that the Chargers needed. They were playing everyone extremely tough, and they needed a game like this to kind of bounce back. They're going to come back. I'm correct. They're going into a bye week, right? Yes. Chargers? Yes. Yes, going on in, bye this week. Going into a bye week, come out of it, they'll be just fine. I've got no worries with the Chargers. They're still a more complete team than the Chiefs. And they get the Pats out of the bye as well. And the Pats haven't looked good. We'll touch on them later. I'm going to start with my or I'm, myself talking about Sunday. I'm going to talk about the Bengals. Bengals looked really good. 34-11 to 11 win. And let's be real, the backups were in when the Lions got their points. Starting defense, pitched a shutout for the most part. Joe Burrow looked great. Jamar Chase looked great. But the story was Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon did his thing in this one. And I love Bengals Twitter getting after everyone who said we needed to draft Panay Sewell for blocking. And then Jamar Chase lays down that fucking pancake on Joe Mixon's touchdown. Man, I love it. I love it. I love the energy around this team. I actually think Zach Taylor called a better game, one of the, his better games he has all year. He listened. He listened. I think he listened to our podcast. You're right. He did. You're right. And it helped that we were playing the Lions. Everyone was saying this was a trap game, but this is what good teams do to bad teams. They destroy them. They don't get trapped on the road. They went and balled out. And I'm happy that McPherson made two field goals. Anything you guys want to say about this game, Tim? I liked how Joey B was spreading the ball around. Wasn't just throwing it to one guy. Like Spreading the ball around. Good for the offense. Everyone's eating. Hard. MCDC's got to find something down there because he does not seem happy with his starting quarterback. Oh, no. He ripped golf. I have to have such a good year last year. I just want to see T. Higgins get more involved in the offense. I feel like he's the odd man out of that wide receiver core. Like Jamar's getting his like plays deep. T, uh, Tyler Boyd's getting those like I guess shallow kind of plays. Like where does T. Higgins fit in? T. Higgins actually second in the team in targets, even missing or in target share. Okay. After missing two games. Yeah. So I don't think it's that they're not getting T. Higgins involved. He had a bad drop against the Packers that would have really helped him move yeah. the football in a better field goal range. So I'm not worried about T. I just think it speaks volume onto how deep this wide receiver yeah, is. Yeah, I'd say like that. That's the thing too. You can't get mad that one guy's not getting the ball when they're still looking great on offense and everybody's getting the ball. It's true. Tim, one last thing, or are you just saying we got to move on? Let's move on. Crop. The Packers, 
Aaron Rodgers still still owns him. Yeah, it's very simple. Aaron Rodgers owns the city of Chicago, and that's not going to change as long as uh, he's playing in the National Football League. Packers win this one 24-14. Honestly, pretty quiet game. I mean, talking for the Bears, it was nice to see Khalil Herbert ball out again, a rookie there. 19 carries, 97 yards, and a touchdown. Great for my fantasy team, but once again, no one cares about my fantasy team. And honestly, pretty quiet day from the Packers offense. Devontae Adams, only four catches. Really wasn't a great football I mean, game unless you're a fan of the Bears or the Packers. Pretty quiet game, but honestly, decently efficient. Rodgers was 17 for 23 with 195 and two touchdowns. I mean, the Packers know how to beat the Bears. Slow, methodical, you wear that defense down, and you don't let the offense hurt you. And that's exactly what the Packers did. They let Fields make some rookie mistakes that Rodgers obviously is not going to make as he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league and one of the best we've seen in a long time. I'm going over to Wes. You got to be a little disappointed in your Carolina Panthers overreaction because, oh my God, have they dropped three straight? They lose at home in a heartbreaker 34 28 to the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Kirk Cousins looked pretty bad most of the game and then. When the lights come out to play and it's late in the game, Kirk Cousins shows up. Well, I don't think they had any lights on. It was at 1 p.m. Oh, I mean, you're right about that one. It was Heaven's a, lights. Heaven's it was lights a bright on. game. I just think Kirk Cousins is clutch. And I that, think he is. And Panthers that, were lucky to be in that game as yeah, they were. They that's needed to was, come back. That's late. what I was going to get into. I think Kirk Cousins, he just he makes the right plays when the game's on the line. I'm not sure Darnold's that guy that to do the same thing. He looked decent for most of the game. He held them in the game. But it, the Vikings are... It looks like, look like a more complete team right now than the Panthers do, and that proved late in the game when the Panthers basically let it slip away. Well, so. if I may say one thing about the Vikings, it seems every time Kirk Cousins is in trouble, he just throws it to K.J. Osborne and something good happens. It's yeah, virtually ridiculous. Maybe it's because he's the third option and he draws not a great corner while Thielen and Jefferson um, attend for so much attention, but it's kind of ridiculous that K.J. Osborne's quiet for so long and... My mind is constantly referred back to that third down play. I forget what team it was against. against. The Seahawks. The Seahawks, where Kirk Cousins is getting tackled by three guys on third and six. They just bull rush him, and he chucks it up, and he delivers a beauty to K.J. Osborne for that first down that essentially seals the game. He did that all overtime. K.J. Osborne, K.J. Osborne, K.J. Osborne, game's over. I'm also not going to blame this completely on them because the Panthers had seven drops this game. Seven drops. They had eight. All throughout week one through five, they like had together. They had three drops on the game tying drive yeah. alone that almost messed it up. So multiple like, I'm times. not gonna say it's all Darnold's fault because it's obviously not all on him. But like seven drops in one game hurts the offense, and that's hard to move the ball when you guys keep dropping it. So, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and say this early catch of the year favorite Adam oh. Thielen's touchdown catch was absolutely was phenomenal. I just uh, maybe, said phenomenal. Maybe we'll phenomenal get phenomenal. We'll, we'll get into it more Monday night. One Monday night's game, but that. Julio catch maybe rivals it. That was yeah. pretty I, I'm, I'm hooked on a Thielen for sure. Uh, that's <laughs> just Adam Thielen, baby. Hooked he makes ridiculous it. catches like hooked that. Hooked on a Thielen. Tim, coming over to you. The Chiefs didn't look great early, but 21 nothing in the second half is pretty damn good. They beat the football team on the road 31-13. Tim, before I even let you start talking about this game, I want to talk about something else way more important because I think everyone kind of expected the Chiefs to roll in this one. I don't even want to talk about it. It makes me so sad. Jackson Mahomes dancing on Sean Taylor's number. Hops over the chained off area, and he is dancing on deceased Sean Taylor's number. Can't happen. Who they just retired in that game. 
Well, not only was he dancing on it, did you see the goddamn photo shoot they took on it? Him and some random girl on rat face Britney ass Mahomes. <laughs> they were taking Instagram pictures in it. It's chained off for God's sake. It's okay to say that they told you to stand over there by it. You don't just fucking step over some chains and start doing dumbass. T- Get him well, out. I want ban say- him from NFL stadiums. I'm tired of. Patrick I- Mahomes has to be sick of it. I want to say in the picture. It was the two girls outside the chains, and then Mahomes no, it, inside. They the were cha- all inside the really? chains. Really? Yeah, the all? chains are that big. The number was that large. Yeah, it was that giant. Three people were comfortably fit in those chains. It was absolutely disrespectful to one of the who, someone who would have been maybe the greatest safety of all time, who died tragically, and whose number should have been retired a long time ago, and it's terrible. It's absolutely disgraceful. Sean Taylor is a legend. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. I hate Sean the fact Taylor. that Washington made this, or the media made this seem like a publicity stunt too. Like Taylor deserved his number retired a long time ago, and like the fact that it had to come after all this Gruden stuff comes out to like, well, it take is the, questionable. Take the, take the eyes off like the organization. Like that just pissed me off. I it think is, they, it's questionable. To it say is. The I least. agree. I'm just saying it pissed me off because like that. Like, that's not something that should be questioned. Like, you they, can't say you're, they're retiring his number because, like, they want to take their eyes no, off it. Like, his number deserved to be retired a long time ago. I, That's not why they're questioning why it was retired. I, the timing. I get it. It's, they also announced it on Thursday that they, you would think for probably one of the most influential and no, notorious yeah. people in franchise history, as Tim said, arguably the best safety of all time, you would think it would be more of an announcement than three days before game time amidst a scandal. Did it say, like, his family couldn't even get there, too? His family was, was there. Okay. Yeah, but... It was definitely not great. But on to the football game with the football team. Taylor Heineke's job is toast. <laughs> Rest in peace to him. He's not getting that job back. Probably won't ever be a starting quarterback in the NFL ever again. No. Sorry. Not sorry. No. Uh, Mahomes throwing two picks. Just obviously one comes off Tyreek's hands. The other one, not great. I mean, he literally just threw it straight up in the air after. Yeah. Just to avoid a sack. And instead after he, he drops the snap. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Terrible. I don't know what he's doing. I think he's just trying to do too much this year. Travis Kelsey finally was getting more involved. Williams is a good replacement for Edwards Hilaire, but the Chiefs are still, their defense is still so bad, and they're not where they need to be offensively if they want to compete for a Super Bowl this year. Not even a little bit. Let's get into the 4 o'clock Four o'clock games. We're going to get going a little bit quicker here. Krav, I'm going to let you say whatever you want about your Cowboys. Walk off touchdown with CeeDee Lamb, 35-29 to 29 over the Patriots on the road. Go. Uh, it's a good win. Dak is a beautiful quarterback. He's thrown nine 400-plus games as a member of the Cowboys. All other Cowboy quarterbacks uh, combined for nine. So he's very impressive. He continues to impress me this year. Uh, Trayvon Diggs continues to be elite. Another pick for another touchdown. He has as many touchdowns as his brother does. Um, he also has more yards on less catches than Jalen Rieger, Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver who's taken in the same draft. Um, and it's Diggs, a good, it's Diggs a, plays corner, too. Yeah, it's a good fought-out win for the Cowboys. I'm very happy to be 5-1. It's a bye week. Get everyone rested, healthy. Let's get uh, DeMonta Kazi not driving drunk around Dallas. And um, let's focus in on Halloween when the Vikings come to town. Happy for the Cowboys. They look legit. They look legit. Wes, I'm coming over to you because I know you are so invested in this game. <laughs> Raiders get a win on the road in Denver, 34-24, right after we all kind of thought that they would be coming out flat after the whole Gruden thing. They yeah. look pretty well in this one. Yeah. Uh, man, was I a big Broncos garbage time touchdown fan. Got to uh, love some garbage time. I was a huge fan of that. Um, but, yeah, I think the Raiders, they played well. Um, they dominated the game for the most part. 
they won comfortably. The Broncos had a late push to make the game look a lot closer than it was, but it wasn't. The Broncos still, we think, I mean, in my eyes at least, they are, they're frauds. The 3-0 star was a fraud. It, they didn't play anybody. They looked a lot better than they should have been. But the Raiders maybe are contenders. I don't think they're close to the level the Chargers or Chiefs are still. Contenders to make the playoffs? The AFC West. AFC West. Okay, so Simply not contenders to win the Super Bowl. No, 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 no. Okay, just check. I think they're contenders in that division. I don't. I just don't know if they have what it takes to beat the Chargers, and I truly do not think they have what it takes to beat the Chiefs. But I think they can compete in those games and keep it close enough, if that makes sense. Yeah, I got you there. I was happy to see the Raiders get a win. I think yeah. it kind of pushed everything with Gruden. Off Good to morale the side. booster. Very true. I'm going to take this next one. Cardinals get a win, 37-14 to on the road in Cleveland. Like we mentioned, this Browns team is just depleted with injuries. And I think this game was a good indicator of what that offense looks like when they don't have Chubb and they don't have Hunt. Well, at least for Thursday night's game, which we're yeah. going to talk about in a little bit, they're going to have neither of them. Chubb, on, Chubb not on IR should be back, not this coming Thursday night game, but the following. The, the following Sunday game. Hunt is on IR, and it's looking like it's not going to be the three-week one. He's set to miss four to six weeks. But the biggest story in this game for me, as a Bengals fan, I loved seeing A.J. Green get a touchdown in Cleveland. I've never been against A.J. Green doing his own thing, trying to be better. I was actually really happy he went to the Cardinals because, you know, there were questions on if they were going to be a contender. But now after a 6-0 and start, they've got some great veterans on that team. I'm really happy for A.J. Green. Because he's looking like he's going to have a pretty big role in that Cardinals offense. First 6 0 start since 1974. Like, that's a long time. The Cardinals might be legit. They might be legit. Tim, let's talk Sunday night football, <laughs> shall we? Let's talk Sunday night football. Great first half by the Steelers. Great first half. <laughs> you, ben throwing the ball around, not looking bad. Najee running the football. Oh, defense shut, doing exactly what you'd expect to do against Alex Collins and Geno Smith. Eugene Smith. Second half. They made Alex Collins look like a pro bowl. They made Alex (laughs) Collins look like fucking Marshawn Lynch. He was running everyone over. Majority of his yards came in the second half. And not only was he just averaging like six to seven yards a pop, there were so many chunk 15-plus yard runs where he wasn't getting touched until Minka Fitzpatrick had to come in and make a tackle, which is going to be an issue down the line. They were going to play if a Browns team with – the uh, uh, a Browns team with Chubb and Hunt down the stretch. They're going to play the Ravens. They're going to play Joe Mixon and the Bengals. It could be an issue if this run game doesn't get solved. But they found a way to win. If you would have told me the Chiefs and the Steelers would have had the same record after six weeks, I would have taken that every day of the week. I mean, as a Steelers fan, you've got to be happy. Not happy to see all the injuries for the Browns. But it basically takes this Browns team out of contention i would say for now i'm worried about them as a Bengals fan same thing i'm not happy to see all these guys getting injured but i'm not necessarily worried about the browns moving forward takes a lot of pressure off you it does it does and And another thing chris boswell clutch he's a hell of a kicker third most accurate kicker in nfl history he's clutch he's got the clutch gene for sure i was a little disappointed not to see chase claypool more involved in this game i mean it didn't really matter because they still won but i mean I mean, I guess good win for the Steelers. If you want me to say that they beat Geno Smith, yeah. I, don't know. I mean, it's not it's, it's not a good win. It's but it's a win that they it's needed. A win. You're right. Yeah. You know what a good win is? Monday Night Football: The Titans beating the Bills at home. Krob, go ahead. You already talked about the Titans earlier. I'm sure you're probably going to want to talk about this one. 
I, I mean, I talked about it earlier, but there's not too much to say. The Titans just played a good football game. Derrick Henry dominated, proved he's if one of the best, if not the best running back in the game. Bills didn't even play that bad, but the defense looked suspect. It's the first time all year that that defense has shown any issues, any flaws. Uh, I think the Bills will get back. They have a bye week. Rest, relax, refocus, and they'll be back for the second half of the season. Real quick, to anyone who was watching the game, we know that the Bills had an opportunity to kick a field goal with around 30 seconds left to tie the game at 34 and go to overtime. Real quick, I'm going to count to three. Yes or no, you are going for it on fourth down like Sean McDermott did. Fourth and one on the six-yard line. Opportunity to win the game. Yes or no? Do Kick you go the field for goal. it? You didn't even let me fucking count yeah, to three. Count, let him count to three. One, two, three. Yes. No. Yes, kick, kick the, the field, field goal. I didn't want to let you get to three because it should be that obvious of a decision. No, go for it. If you Here's have, my if, thinking. If, Here's my thinking. You have Josh Allen and you need one yard. Well, it clearly didn't fucking work. I, that's what I'm saying, though. Like you, but like, It's not I, what you're I, saying. I see what McDermott's doing. Like You have a top three quarterback in the league easily. And you need to get one yard out of him with a timeout, too, and 20 seconds left on the clock, and you're, what, six yards away from the end zone? Like, there's plenty of reason for him to go for it, but in that situation, tie it up and go to OT. You have momentum. You're the best team in football. Uh, before we move on from this, I do have a stat. Oh, damn, oh, with the stat. Josh up. Allen has done 23 QB sneaks from less than from one yard or fewer. He's 19 of 23 on those. Wow. The, That's pretty good. Yeah, the stats support going for it, and I think they should have gone for it. And, yeah, you look back on it, you regret it, but guess what? The Bills are still one of the best football teams in the league, and if it's going to take Derrick Henry going for 143 yards and three touchdowns to beat him, there's only really only one team that can do that. Hey, how about that? Derrick Henry, 130-plus rushing yards and three touchdowns in back-to-back games. Happy for him. You have to be. Real quick, we're going to preview Thursday Night Football coming up. Tim, going to be at the game. Boots, Boots on, on the, the ground. Boots on the ground. In Cleveland, the Browns are at home against the Broncos. I mean, we really are low on both of these teams. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm happy that you're going to the game, Tim. I'm not so sure it's going to be a great game to watch. I don't think so either. It's going to be raining. Um, it's going to be – if you're Demetric Felton, you're, look, you're very happy because you know you're going to be getting the ball a lot. They're not going to want Baker to do too much this game if he even plays – they're definitely not going to want Case Keenum doing anything. They're going to be handing the ball off. And the Broncos, if they don't win this game, how many more games are they going to win the rest of the year? Yikes. That's true. I am hope for a lot of garbage time touchdowns. I agree. <laughs> Felton's going to be hoppy. He's going to be hoppy. Well, he's going to be. He's Felton's not up. even getting the start. Dearness Johnson's yeah. been announced as the starter. So we'll see. We'll see. But honestly, it's in the rain. I don't know, man. I love the under. If I, I was twenty one, I love the under. The under seems I see like quite a, nice. I see like a nine to three game here. It's gonna be so bad. <laughs> yeah. Let's go ahead and just throw out score predictions real quick. It's not actually gonna be nine to three, and I hate that the Browns are gonna win. They're gonna find a way to win. Oh, give me Give me seventeen to thirteen Browns. Hey, I just want to shout out my mom real quick because she criticized me for not giving scores on the last episode. Good. As she, she asked should. me why, why I don't you. give Thank scores. Thank you, Mrs. Minky. She said, why don't you give scores? I'm a Minky. She said, why don't you give scores? I said, I don't know, Mom. I just like to call games by amount of points I think they're going by. She goes, give scores. I said, all right. You're so, damn right. Mom, for you, I'm going to say this one. Browns, 27. Broncos, 10. In the rain. I, I just think the Broncos are not great. I think the Browns will finally find a way to get their defense right be able to stop the bad Broncos 
and they'll find a way to get Dearness Johnson the ball. He'll look good, and they'll find a way to win big. Crab, what are we thinking? Uh, Browns 21-17. Quick and easy. Love it. Tim? Browns 17-13. Well, congrats on the fucking Broncos for winning uh, this yep. one. We just went 4-0. Proved dividends that to hurts. the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, uh, Poor yeah. Dolphins. Let's move into college football. We got to start with this game. Upset of the week. Down goes number two, Iowa. Crab got to hurt to see your Hawkeyes going down like that. <laughs> I wouldn't say my Hawkeyes. I loved riding the bandwagon for as long as it was going, but goddamn, are they just a bad offensive football team. It was prone to happen. Spencer Petrus. Yeah, or, he I think stinks. that's the name, right? Uh, Spencer yeah, Pe- Spencer yeah, Petrus. So bad. It was bad. And we, the thing is, too, like every... Opens I- the door for Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State oh, immensely. Yeah. Every Iowa fan that like was talking about how... I mean, every Iowa fan said this team is ranked way too high. They they are not the number two team in the country. That defense, yeah, sure. If you have an offense to match that, but the offense couldn't even move the ball in Purdue. I mean, that's an issue, big time. We just mentioned Spencer. Let's talk about another Spencer. Spencer Rattler benched Caleb Williams in. I got that name right, Caleb Williams, yep. correct? Yes, yep. sir. Uh, yeah, he looked fucking phenomenal. Really good. And this is the biggest win of the season for Oklahoma. I don't think it's a coincidence that offense was humming. They covered the spread. Didn't they? Good for them. They did. I mean, I can't imagine that it was more than 21 points. Crazy. So props to Oklahoma. I think I might be buying Oklahoma as the clear Big 12 favorite right now, especially with, like I just said, that offense looks so much better with Caleb Williams. It's going to be interesting to see where we're at. Over the pokes? I'm going to say over the pokes. I'm still not sold on the pokes yet. All right. Even though they're coming off a good win, a good Idiot. comeback win Idiot. against Texas. Let's just Idiot. go straight to that game then, Crop. You want, you, want, you want to defend your pokes? Yeah, I'll roll the pokes. and Pokes are new Hawkeyes. I'm... I'm rolling until the wheels <laughs> fall off. And guess what? Pokes don't have a dog shit offense. Vegas is handing out free money, my friends, who is, whoever is over 21 plus. Oklahoma State somehow is plus money every week. It makes no sense. They're plus seven this week against Iowa State. Iowa State. Police I mean, Hall. maybe we can find a way to sneak a disclaimer to turn down your fucking volume before that went off there. Yeah. Roll <laughs> God damn pokes. In the title, it's just when Krav's about to speak about Oklahoma State just couple, down a couple I'll knots. put it in the description. That's a, that's a pretty long title. Down a couple knots. That's in the a, bio then, maybe. Okay. That's yeah, there a, we go. yeah, I'll put that's in the description. description. There you go. I guess we got to talk about my fucking Kentucky Wildcats. It hey, hurt. it's okay, buddy. Hey, it hurts me too, man. It hurt. Tim and I both picked Wildcats. And let's be real. They didn't look terrible. They didn't. They didn't. Georgia is just that good. I'll they tell you are simply Stoops, that good. Stoops is pretty funny, you know? But everyone talking about how Kentucky wouldn't be able to keep the game within 20, and then he just... Oh, five seconds left. I'll call a timeout then. Cool. Sounds good to me. Well, of course you're going to get points on the board. Got to. Right. Have to. Got to get points on the board. I don't even know what to say about Georgia because nothing about them even looked that phenomenal. I'm going to say that, but they're just, even though I'm calling them that good of a football team, I think they just are. Really great football teams don't always have things stick out. They're just that solid, that consistent. That looks like one of the most consistent teams I've seen in a while. I I mean, I think we could say one thing. The the linebacker unit from Georgia, which is like very highly touted, I honestly played really well. Like, stopped Chris Rodriguez for a good portion of that game, slowed him down at least. And Will Levis looked like he didn't have a lot of time in the pocket, and that's just props to that defense. Like, they're always prepared. They look great. Kentucky got to within 30. You were right. Yeah, there you're was, damn right. There was did. no way that game was going to get out of hand within Kentucky 30 Kentucky actually covered the original line. Yeah, yeah with that last second you're, touchdown. You're damn right they did. And did I even say that? Georgia's not going to get over 30 points. Kentucky could have gotten blanked, and you're they right. still would have covered 30 and a half. If I was 21, that would be a bigger deal. Tim, let's talk about our hometown team. The Cincinnati Bearcats fucking destroyed UCF at home. 
and they keep doing what we tell them they need to do. No 56 to 21. They've got trap games all year. Yeah. They this didn't was get not tra- a trap game. They didn't get trapped. No, I mean, you keep coming out and you keep scoring 50-plus, and you're going to be as consistent as you are. You're the number two team in the nation now. You, you are in the driver's seat, and if a team like Oklahoma State and Oklahoma loses... Cincinnati, no way they get Cincinnati could lose a game potentially and still make it. That's how crazy this college football season is. Cincinnati's in the driver's seat. They control their own destiny. SMU is their only real challenge left. And Tulane, shout out the green wave. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. You see Desmond Ritter, Jerome Ford was going crazy. Sorry, I don't know what that was. Yeah, speaking of Jerome Ford, we're four I was say, hit on that. You love Jerome Ford. Alabama transfer Jerome Ford, twenty carries, one hundred eighty-nine yards, and four touchdowns. You can't ask a running back to do more than that. That's no. insane number. Looks really no. good. Insane production. Real quick, some other games. Alabama bounces back against Mississippi State, forty-nine to nine. They destroyed there. Number ten, Michigan State. I think now number nine, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Number nine now. They played a close one against Iowa or so, Indiana. Sorry. So real quick, I want to hit on what Tim just said about Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Those Big Ten teams, there's now four inside the top ten. None of them have played each other yet. So all four of those teams still have to play. No, no four of them. They're all the back four. They're all schedules, every single one of them. Ohio State still has to play Penn State, Michigan State, and Michigan. Michigan has not played anybody yet. Wait, uh, hold on. You just said there are four Big 12 teams in the top ten. Or I'm a Big Ten. I'm a Big Ten. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So all four of those Big Ten, ten, Big ten teams have not played each other yet, and they still have to at the end of the schedule. So they're all going to find losses somewhere. Ohio State, I think, is the only team that's going to come out of that unscathed just because the offense is Yeah, that's finally... not unbiased at all. Could no, call. but I'm just saying Ohio State's finally figured it out. Michigan, probably the next closest. I think Michigan comes out with one loss. Michigan State doesn't seem so great after the Indiana game. They couldn't pull away. And who knows what this Penn State team. Like, it's still up for grabs. So that just clears the line even more for Cincinnati, giving them a whole lot better chance because more one-loss teams are going to keep fluttering into the top ten when all these Big Ten teams eventually fall out. Real quick, we got to apologize. We're sorry, Brad Foley. Yeah. Sorry, we Brad. are sorry, Brad Foley. They lose a close one. Those Tennessee fans aren't aren't too sorry. No, though. they're not. I mean, Lane Kiffin got hit by a golf ball. Hey, Brad, watch out for some flying objects next Who year. Who the <laughs> fuck brings a golf ball into the stadium? <laughs> How do you bring a golf ball into the stadium? I don't, I don't know. I mean, Wouldn't happen at Ohio State when Sean Minkie's on patrol. I'll tell you that much. Absolutely Damn not. right about that one. Absolutely not. And this isn't as much a game recap, but we got to talk about it. I know on Thursday I said... If Coach O loses these next three, he's going to be out as head coach of the LSU Tigers. Well, it just so happens LSU won on Saturday. They ended up upsetting Florida 49-42 to in a shootout at home. Tyrion, or Tyrion, nope, that's not, I don't know. Tyrion, I, I think. Ty, whatever. Or Tyrion Lannister. Tyrion Lannister. Th- <laughs> Davis Price, 36 carries, 287 yards, three touchdowns, just goes off for the LSU Tigers. And Coach O still, he didn't get fired, I guess. At the end of the season, though, he's going to be. He's, they're letting him finish the year. They mutually agreed to part ways after he, multiple issues since his divorce, most notably hitting on a pregnant woman who happened to be the wife of an LSU board member. And when hey, she said she hey, had. want to go work out sometime. And when she said she had a husband, he said, why does that matter? Why does that matter? It's a fair question. I, okay, cry. I wouldn't recommend. We do not blank. Condone. We do not condone, condone cheating on your spouse. We no, do not. We don't. We do not. We Absolutely don't. We not. We condemn. Not. We condemn 
You're damn right we condemn it. So listen, I know we've been saying you can't blame Coach O for all these beautiful women that are coming after him, but I can blame him for letting them come to fucking practice and letting their kids go through drills. Shout out the kids whose moms were dating Coach O because you're running goddamn SEC college drills. I mean, they're going D1 for sure. That's true. Good exposure there. Yeah, it is. Great exposure. And this is the final team we're going to talk about. You guys know what it's going to be? I th- I don't think I do. Dartmouth. I was, yeah. How did I? Oh, how did you not know that? Oh wait, I forgot. Dartmouth, thirty-eight to twenty-one win against New Hampshire. By golly, is Dartmouth hot? They are hot, hot, hot. And listen, just hot, from hot, hot. just from talking to Ross in general, he said that they run a two-quarterback set. <coughs> but Derek Kyler, I don't even know if another quarterback got snaps in this. But Derek Kyler, twenty of twenty-five, three hundred twenty-six yards and two touchdowns. For the meat and green? I don't think it's the meat and green. Is it the big green? It's big green. Uh, it is the big green. So their second quarterback, Nick Howard, three of four passing, but he had 18 carries for 131 yeah, yards and three like touchdowns. he's the rushing quarterback. Interesting. Also, about the, um, what is it again, Tim? The, the big, big green. Big green. The big green. Uh, when it comes to the uh, um, FCS coaches poll, oh, are big we green received 67 votes. They are 27. Come on. In the coaches' poll. They Let's are two spots green. out. Come on, Big Let's Green. Get up there. We're going to talk about it. It sucks, though. They can't. The Ivy League doesn't play any postseason. Well, it also sucks because it seems like this coaches' poll is rigged. I mean, <laughs> you and I in Delaware are 3 and 3, and we're they making are ranked. A, we're Dartmouth making a bench five press bowl. We're making a bench press bowl, and Dartmouth's going to play in it. Maybe we'll talk to Ross about that. Speaking of Ross, let's just call him right now, shall we? Let's do it. Let's call him. Let's get Ross Parrish on the line. My first thought to him is to me, how have you? How are you surviving with your mother's cookies? Because how those, are, not, un, those mean, are unbelievable. How I don't does know he how stay you in shape with yeah, that? Yeah, I don't know how you don't eat a million of those things. Dialing them up right now. Man, the big green are hot. Gosh. Gonna be electric. Please answer. <laughs> Please answer, Ross. How are they not ranked yet? I'm he gonna has have, a reputation of non answering. I'm gonna have to stall. Show. That upsets me. The big green aren't ranked. I'm gonna have to stall if he doesn't answer. Yeah, well we should stall <coughs> anyway. It's probably a weird pause right now on the bench press podcast. Not when your beautiful voice is talking. Beautiful voice? What? Oh, that's oh, there he is. Baby. We were a little worried you weren't gonna pick up ringing for a little bit there. Happy to have you, buddy. Hey, listen. First question is gonna be the most professional one we're gonna ask you all day. All day. Okay, got it? Alright. Alright. Can we get your mom's chocolate chip cookie recipe? Uh, that's a question you're gonna have to take up with Mama Parish. Or can we at least? Oh. Guess. She says no. Can we at oh. least get like a weekly delivery, please? We went after uh, him. Yeah. Weekly you delivery. Ask, uh, you gotta ask Mama Parish. We're gonna. We'll pay well. We'll get after on we that. We will pay well. Let's talk about you, Ross. Dartmouth Un. Sorry, almost slipped up there. College. Dartmouth <laughs> College. We've been in the interview for wow. 30 seconds. Wow. <laughs> Dartmouth up. College football. 5-0, and coming off a huge win. 17-point win against the University of New Hampshire. And you talked about it a little bit privately with me. The two-quarterback system looks to be balling out. Yep, that's correct. So let's talk about the quarterbacks, okay? You've got Derek Kyler who throws the football. 20-25, 326 yards, two touchdowns. But then you've got Nick Howard who was running the football. 18 carries, 131 yards, three touchdowns. What's it like Sounds playing great. in a quarterback with two systems? Or in a system with two quarterbacks? 
Uh, it just gives you a lot of options and uh, gives your offense a lot of places, that, a lot of things they could do, a lot of different plays, and makes the defense uh, stay on their toes. Gotta love that. Gotta love it. Gotta love that. Hey, Ross, tight end there. Dartmouth is a tight end friendly offense. Am I correct? Yeah, usually at least uh, one or two on the field. Sometimes three, sometimes four. The big boy packages. Gotta love that as a tight end recruit. Let's talk about recruitment a little bit, Ross. Obviously, you had some looks some other places. A lot of people thought you could have gone to the MAC, which is where we end up. Obviously, we're not playing football. But obviously, Dartmouth... Flag football. <laughs> we're going to get into flag football here soon, obviously. That's a later day <laughs> type later, conversation. Later discussion. recruiting for that guy. <laughs> Listen. We are all ears. Listen, don't, don't tell anyone, but we're prepared to offer $1,000 a game. All, and you're going to be playing quarterback. Hey, guess what? Oh, wow. We have playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We'll talk about that later, too. But let's get back to recruitment. I mentioned you could have played in the MAC probably if you really wanted to. But you end up going to an Ivy League school, Dartmouth College. How important was it for you to balance balance your choice with the school? Obviously, that's going to provide a lot academically, but you're also still going to fulfill your dream of playing college football. Well, I've always taken academics pretty seriously. You knew me in high school, so it's really big for me to use uh, all my resources. And I knew that uh, I wanted to play football, but I wanted to do it at the right school where they'd have uh, my life balanced and I could do what I wanted. And this is a perfect place for me to take care of both my academic uh, wishes and play football at a high level. That's beautiful. That's a great answer, Ross. Hey, I was lucky enough to go with you on a recruitment visit. We had a great time up in the Windy City. We, we went to Northwestern. Sopples game, yeah. Beautiful facility. Beautiful facility. We talked to Brody slash Brad Foley a little bit about his great recruiting story. We got to talk about your recruitment story. Possibly wearing a shirt of another school to your visit at Northwestern. Let's talk about that a little bit, Ross. Yeah, it might have been a little wardrobe malfunction. Right? I had <laughs> a gray Vanderbilt shirt at a Northwestern visit, and they asked me to step on the scale and take off my jacket. And I was like, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Let's not get rowdy here, but we to do it. And, uh, the first thing I do is say, hey, that's a, that's a nice shirt. Uh, not Northwestern. I was like, ah. Sorry, boys. Let's just say I didn't hear much from Northwestern. I was just about to ask that. You didn't. You didn't have to answer my upcoming question. But did you ever hear from Northwestern again after that visit when they saw you were in another school shirt? Uh, no, no, no luck for me. <laughs> Listen to, to any of our recruits out there that may be listening to anyone who might be getting recruited. Please do not wear a shirt with another school on it. Great mistake. Great mistake, Ross. I mentioned already Dartmouth five and zero. Were you expecting that coming into the year? Was that the vibe around the team that this was possibly going to be a special one? Uh, coming off of uh, being champions, Ivy League champions in 2019, we all definitely had high expectations for the season. There's definitely a little hint of uncertainty with having not played in a year. It was just everyone was I forgot about uneasy. that. Yeah, yeah, we didn't play last season, mm-hmm. so everyone's unsure where things stand. But I definitely think that we had high expectations and uh, really planned on being a dominant force in this league. And I think we're living up to those expectations. Yeah, I don't want to use the word super seniors, obviously, because it's, I mean, I guess there's not really a better word for it, but how many people would you say, or how many players on your team would say stuck around for that extra year of eligibility because you guys were the only conference really that missed out on a whole entire season. Everything in the Ivy League got canceled. How many guys stuck around the program to take advantage of that? 
uh, fifth year senior in case you were trying to think of what four plus one was and couldn't think of the next. Well, well that was a bit rude. That was a bit aggressive, but, uh, but go that's ahead. Why he's the smart one. Yep. But, uh, he's we have uh, 12 guys on the team that stuck in the Ivy League actually, or I don't know if it was Dartmouth or the Ivy League, they let uh, grad students, this is the only year they're letting grad students play a sport for the first time because of the COVID rule. Um, so that was big. They got us uh, some extra guys on the field and they're all leaders for our team and, uh, few of them are captains, so it's been helpful, and I, I really like the energy those fifth-year guys bring. Ultimate good guy move by the Ivy League for that. Or if it was just Dartmouth, <laughs> ultimate good guy move. Krob mentioned playoffs in our flag football. He's going to come at you with a question about playoffs in the Ivy League. Well, Ross, I think Bennett kind of led us astray here. I really didn't have a question about the Ivy League. I was, no just, I was trusting you having intuition. Well, I do have a question for Ross, but it doesn't deal with playoffs because Ivy League, as you know does not do any postseason games. I was going to I was going to have you ask him. Did it? It's my turn with Ross. Hey Ross, how you doing? We miss you over here, buddy. I got a so, question. Uh, we got an upcoming game in the Ivy League against Columbia. ESPNU, national TV. Oh, it's ESPNU. I just realized that. And Ross, right before we called you, I did check Dartmouth two spots out of the FCS poll. This is a huge one. How are you guys feeling going into the game this Friday night? We are the coaches' poll. Is that what you're referring to? It is what I'm referring to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how are we feeling about this game? Yes. The, this game is definitely a big one for us. The next uh, we're all Ivy League play from here on out, so everything's locked in and focused on uh, winning our division and showing the nation what we are. We're two spots out. We notice there's other teams in there that we play coming up, so we're excited to have an opportunity to really show the nation that we can we can be ranked too. We're just as good as everyone else. I love to see it, and we look forward to watching you on ESPNU on Friday. I'm going to kick you over to Wes. How we doing, Ross? How we doing, buddy? Wes, Minky, how are we? Oh, we're fantastic, man. Hey, I got a question about your uh, Dartmouth game script. Okay, so I'm looking at the stats from this New Hampshire game. You guys ran the ball 49 times for 280 yards. Is that part of the like, – is that a game script? Is that what your thought of going into the game is? Is it just like pound the football? Is that is that what Dartmouth is? So we have a game script that's pretty unique for each week, and we really spend a lot of time, our coaches do, on uh, the film and knowing what our guys are capable of doing. And We've had a lot of success this season running the football, and so if it's going to work, you're going to do it. And uh, clearly it worked out for us. Sounds good, man. Kick it back over to Bennett here. Ross, obviously great friend of mine growing up. We're from Cincinnati. Yeah. Personally, you are a huge Cincinnati Bearcats fan. So, I I would not let you leave without me asking you a question about the Cincinnati Bearcats. They are now number two in the country. You were at that game against UCF, correct? Uh, yes. (laughs) He forgot. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Uh, Forever, (laughs) for whatever reason, you just stumbled there. I know you were at that game. Okay. So, let's talk about the energy surrounding the Cincinnati Bearcats program. Okay. I'm just trying to let you talk about it. I mean, obviously, it's great. They're number two in the country. Are they going to the playoffs this year, Ross? I mean, if we win out, there's no real argument to keep them out of those playoffs. Obviously, there's the debate of, oh, their schedule's been weaker than a lot of other teams, and there's, like, the chance that Bama wins the SEC, so you've got to put Bama and Georgia, and then you might have an Ohio State big tension, so Oklahoma's undefeated. You look at it a million different ways. Cincinnati, if they keep playing the way they have been and they keep dominating opponents the way they are, 
there's no argument to keep them out. And if you move them down to five after going undefeated, what more can you ask them to do to earn spot in the playoffs? What more can the committee want to see from them? And I actually agree so, with you. I they actually, deserve a spot. I think this is actually Assuming the year. They do what they're expected to do this season. Yeah, I think this is actually the year the committee's finally going to put a group of five school in. They're going to put the Bearcats really in. There'll be some. Uh, there'll be some revolt from people if they don't. If yeah, I know that. Undefeated. There'll be some. There's be some upset fans in the country. And I, what I honestly think is going to happen, Ross, I think they're going to end up giving UC the four seed when they do get in. And I think they're going to make them go against the number one seed, which is most likely going to be Georgia. And I hate that they're going to do that, but. I really? think that I would love to see a little Peach Bowl rematch from last year. It was a great game last year. It really was. Ross, real quick. Heartbreaker. Which one of these games do you want the boys to fly out to? We're not going to make the Columbia game. At Harvard <laughs> versus Princeton versus Cornell or at Brown. Which one are we going to? This season? Yeah, Ooh, this actually, season. Those are we all... got a little vested interest in that Brown game. Westville Central alum Alan Tall, Smith. Westville Central alum Alan Smith is the Brown football running back. And so maybe that Brown is game a, is the game so we see a force to be reckoned so with. So we should just go ahead and lock it in. We're going to be at, at the Brown game November 20th. Let's lock it in. Yeah. Is that home? It's at Brown. Providence, baby. At Brown. I got a place we could stay. That's <laughs> hey. Regardless, Ross, if it's not this year, it'll be next. We're gonna get out to an old Dartmouth football game. Ross, we can't thank you enough for joining us. Let's clap it up, Ross Parrish, great friend of the show, bench press athlete. Love you, Ross. Love you, Ross. Yes, sir. You have a great rest of your night, Ross. Peace. Yeah, peace out, guys. What a guy. There never, it is. Never fails. I was waiting for the what a guy. Never Absolute fails. legend. <laughs> Every time. Never what a fails. Guy. Listen, so is it about time we go ahead and tell people what's going to be on the show Friday? I think uh, we should absolutely tell people what's on the show You've teased it Friday. for long enough. Yeah, let's do it. Dipping into Tim and I's personal life. We have possibly one of the greatest rivalries in Ohio high school football. Mm, ah. <laughs> it remains to be seen. I guess. But we'll give it to you for the state for the state of the conversation. The Anderson Raptors. <laughs> first time. That was a cat. That was a cat. That, that's you so did it as a cat, cat last no, week. He went, no, that is not what you did last week. Regardless, their first time as the Raptors <laughs> taking on the Tur- Turpin Spartans. Get I know Chris Pratt out there. I, I know Wes Mickey likes to call I'm them the sorry. Turpin Trojans. The, al- the alliteration of Turpin Trojans the Turpin is Trojans. so cool. I don't know why Turpin doesn't go with it. Regardless, regardless, it's Anderson versus Turpin. We're going to get Anderson football head coach Evan Dreyer on the show. Great friend of mine. He's going to be joining us. Raptors. As good journalists, we're going to get the other side. We're going to get Josh Bell, hero. Of that 2019, was it 2019? Yes, 2019. 2019. Yep, 2019 (laughs) matchup absolutely broke my heart, even though he's one of my best friends. Catches the game-winning touchdown. That was the last time Anderson and Turpin played because due to schedule complications, they did not play last year. So that is still fresh in my wounds. So he's currently the reigning We'll do game predictions. We'll do everything. It's going to be everything. So exciting. It's going to be a Turpin versus Anderson special episode. Our first ever special episode. I'm fired up. Hopefully our listeners are fired up. That's it for episode 12. Let's clap it the fuck up. Can't thank you guys enough. Five-star review. Leave it. Peace out. Yep. Love you guys.